What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co host of the toast of the most, I think he eats roast. Oh my God, I've been watching too much wrestling. Anyways, welcome my co-host, the gentleman himself, Elio Canella. Elio, welcome to the show. What's going on? Why are you cooking toast? <laughs> Why well, you like this? I had a late lunch, so I stopped. <laughs> I thought I'd make a quick snack before dinner. Did it have to be roast? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, Elio, how you been doing, brother? I've been doing great. Now, you know what, Elio? We used to joke a lot in the past about your alcoholic problems. Yep. And that hasn't come up for a, lot, a while now. But I, I got to say, I'm a tad bit disappointed in you, brother. Uh-oh. We just a couple days ago recorded the newest episode of Quarantine, and Elio blacked out. I'm going <laughs> to let you folks figure out what blackout means. Oh, I'm not going to hint anything, but if you're watching me right now, you see the little... <laughs> the little kind of quotations I'm doing when I say blackout. But apparently Elio <laughs> blacked out during a show. Well, the full panel, by the way, we had three guests on. I was very upset. Three, three, three hosts and Elio. Oh. And uh, so, Elio, don't even give me your cheap excuses of why you blacked out. I don't want to hear it. We just know what you did. But do know, fans, it was one of the funnest. And maybe that was it. Maybe because Ellie was gone, everyone had fun. But it was the funnest quarantine that we had in a while. Our topic was uh, famous wrestling managers of the past. And we threw in a few of the ones that were the stinkeronies. We talked about, uh, we had some guests on. We had uh, returning guests, Raven Lake, uh, former uh, female wrestler from the west coast of canada we had the returning andy anderson who is uh the lone wolf has toured extensively across uh, puerto rico canada and the u.s including a few stints in the uh, smaller stints in the wwe or i guess wwf at the time and we also had a new guest uh stampede uh red stampede less <laughs> my god what is with my voice am i drinking stampede <laughs> wrestling legend duke jesus durango I'm sorry. I'm only laughing because I can't believe Duke Durango is one of one of the guys I've admired so much in in the past in wrestling, and I just managed to totally royally fuck up his entire intro intro here. It's okay, folks. Apparently, I'm gonna black out in this episode just like Elio. So let's let's see where this takes us. Anyhow, we had them on. We had Rick Serrano the third. We had Tony Diaz, and and I led the charge. And of course, Elio blacked out. So. Uh, but anyways, check it out. That new quarantine will be really fun. Uh, I will not be on the episode of quarantine after that. I'll be, uh, as a matter of fact, this week's episode of Global will be the last episode ever. Well, not ever, just till next week. I'm going to be gone for a week on vacation. Elio's gone for a week. So Elio is going to go team up over with the guys at WPOV next week and do uh, an episode with them. Uh, son of a rich trader. And um, I will... Uh, I'll be on vacation, and when I get back, back to the grind, I think I get back the, either the day before or the day of uh, the AEW in two weeks, so I'll be watching that and getting on the thing and talking all about global and whatever things happen. Now, right now, right now, New Japan Wrestling has started, and I got to tell you, me and Elio have been super excited. Elio, tell the fans how much you've been missing. Yeah, I've been, it's, been, it's been great to have New Japan back. I've missed this so much because New Japan wrestling is so much fun, especially when they have these eight day, 30 day uh, events like uh, this one that they said New Japan Cup. And then of course, next day, the following event, which was, I believe I, I looked up, it was, it was Dominion. Dominion, yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? Um, still no word about if there's gonna be a G1 this year, who knows? Uh, however, it's important to note that the last night of the New Japan Cup and the first night of Dominion was the first time that New Japan had people in the audience. Kind of nice to see a return to having actual crowds in wrestling. Uh, the funny part, the part that I find very ironic about this is uh, if you've ever watched Japanese wrestling, you'll notice the fans don't exactly go crazy like American fans anyways. 
they're pretty quiet, respectful. Some of them cheer, but you don't get the craziness that you get in North America. If you just sit there, if you just sit there, and people might think that what's people might people that see them might think what's wrong with you? Like you're not cheering, but they're just like sitting there, like watching the match, enjoying the match. Now here's the weird part about it. I'm pretty sure that the last week's crowd at AEW. Uh, of wrestlers probably made more noise than the entire uh, stadium full of New Japan <laughs> fans this week. The New Japan, the funny part is the new, okay, Elio's right, New Japan wrestling, there's all, or just Japanese wrestling fans in general are noted for the politeness, the super quietness, respectfulness, you know, a bit of cheers may break out, but not nowhere on the level of any other country. Yet, the fans were instructed when going in to wear face masks and not to make a lot of noise. Wow. <laughs> that's like telling, uh, that's telling like, the Ninja Turtles not to eat uh, pizza. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be quiet anyway. So what was the point of that? <laughs> but it still was interesting to see a crowd full of people. Uh, unlike I, 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 now I wish I could remember. I was really bored the other night, Elio. I was watching something on the internet, uh, weird videos or something, you know, in sports. And I don't remember which country it was. But it might have been Korea or something like that. But uh, they're playing soccer in a stadium. And this was just last week. And instead of, or no, maybe it was baseball. I can't remember. It was baseball or soccer. But it was not in North America. And it was pretty sure it was an Asian country. But uh, they had filled in the entire um, seating with stuffed animals. <laughs> so there, were, there was like a giant SpongeBob. And there's all these <laughs> stuffed wow. animals in the wow. entire arena so that they... The players could feel like, I don't know, that there was somebody there or somebody gave a crap. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was bizarre, a little bit weird, but uh, didn't look any different from any other baseball game I may have saw audiences from. So, anyhow, not a baseball fan. Anyhow, <laughs> let's get into some wrestling. And let's start off with New Japan. Okay. We just finished the New Japan Cup. And we've told you before, it is a knockout a single tournament where uh, you lose, you get knocked out. Whoever makes it to the final round gets the next night when they win the New Japan Cup, gets a title shot at current existing champion Tatsuyu Naito, who is currently carrying the Intercontinental and the IWGP heavyweight title. However, it's important to note that the winner only gets a title shot at the heavyweight title. So if Naito was to lose, he is still the Intercontinental champion. Okay? So we had made our predictions. Uh, We had picked... uh, I had picked... uh, Takahashi uh, for quite a ways into this tournament, and I thought he was still going to pull out near the end. However, you picked Okada. You Okada took out Takahashi. Um, then when we got to the end, uh, we switched our picks because we had to. We knew going in that it had to be Okada or Evil. You picked Okada. I picked Evil just to be a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Gotta admit, I did not honestly think they would give Naito or they would give uh, Evil the run. I thought for sure this would be, be another Okada thing. And lo and behold, I was wrong. I was wrong yet right. Because <laughs> as I was wrong in my heart, I picked the right thing because Evil defeated Okada to get the title shot at Naito. We're going to go over all of this and some of the stuff in the tournament, but there's some key things to point out that happened in this weekend that probably, let's face it, man, it was kind of like a soft reset for New Japan. You know, it was like they're resetting all the storylines. Usually they do this after, uh, after Wrestle, Kingdom. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom, but with the giant gap and shutdown, obviously they felt they had to like switch gears, do a little schmancy dressing and, and do some other stuff. So let's get into uh, Naito uh, coming up. So we have here Evil. Evil and Okada ends up being in the finals. Um, then the weirdest stuff happened. I don't think any of us called this. I mean, I couldn't have guessed this. Even if I picked Evil to win, I had no clue this would be the way he was going to do it. But in the match, Evil actually joins the Bullet Club. This was a surprise to me. I saw this video when I was online uh, mm-hmm. last week and um, a couple of days ago, and uh, I saw this. I was... So, and now I actually saw the video again before it went on the air, and that was a, that was a surprise, seeing Evil joining the Bullet Club. Like, Naito put up his fist like that, and Evil gave the Bullet Club sign, and then delivered the, I believe, STO. I mean, what a surprise. I did not see this coming. It seems like, well, here's the funny part about it. It's always through the run of, and, you know, I always butcher their name, but the loss... 
Los Ignobles. Los Ignobles. Whatever. Um, Naito's group. It seems like that all through this run, there's always been an underlying tension. You know, Naito has always run with the guys, but it seems like everybody else under him is his partner. But you kind of know that if, or you kind of felt that if push came to shove, they would turn on Naito to go up. And that's been happening for a couple of years now. And yet when it finally happened, I got to tell you, man, I was surprised as shit that Naito got turned on. I, I did not think Evil was actually going to do something like this. Let's see, I think uh, you just, uh, I don't know if you just answered my question, but I was going to ask, like we know about the Bullet Club people like joining mm -hmm. and leaving, but have, have we ever seen anyone like leave uh, LIJ the way that, the way Evil no. did, like turn on it? Okay. No, no, not since, well, LIJ has been a pretty stable stable, to put it this way. They have all the members they started with and they have stayed on. Okay. I mean, we can't really count the members who come in from, you know, um, uh, where is it, like Mexico and other places, right? I mean, they come in, visit and leave, right? But 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 in all in all fairness, it's been the same core group. You know, you've had Bushi, you've had Takahashi, you've had Evil, Sonata, and then you had uh, Naito. And they, right. they've been a very tight group for quite a while. So, um, you know, every year they always tease in the G1s that whenever anyone was going to fight, fight Naito, that what was going to happen, but they'd fight and it would be respectful. They'd do their best, but at the end, everybody did the fist bump and whatever all together, right? So despite the teasing of it, I mean, if you remember through the whole tournament, uh, Takahashi was like kind of teasing that he was going to come after Naito. I know Sonata last year was really teasing during the G1 how much he was going after Naito. Uh, this year, Evil teased it. So it was kind of like, it was sort of accepted. You kind of got used to that role that this was going to happen, right? But you didn't actually think they would go through with it. You didn't actually think Evil was really going to turn. And uh, I got to tell you, such a shock. And I'm not even sure if I would have guessed Bullet Club of all the things that he was, <laughs> no, factions he would join with. Like Bullet Club, that, that, that was the most surprising. It's like, okay, if he had just turned on Naido, okay, that would have been a shock. But like, to like join the Bullet Club, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, of like, I guess though it makes a little sense because it seems like the Bullet Club at the moment is kind of leaderless, you know? They, they, they don't have that super one leader like, the, you know, when they had Kenny Omega right. or when they had AJ Styles or that really big guy in there. Because it doesn't seem like the guys who are in there, they're all good guys and they're all, some of them are tough. But I mean, you know, you had, uh, what's his name from Gorillas of Destiny? Um, Tomatonga. Tomatonga. He seemed like he could be a leader, but not really. And uh, you had... Uh, um, man, it's been so long since we've been watching some of these guys. Uh, the guy who was from WWE and went back. Uh, used oh. to be called uh, Kenta. Um, Hitomi. Uh, he, he was... Uh, Tommy, but now they call him something else. Yeah, they call him Kenta. Um, are, they, are they back to calling him Kenta? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Was, I can't Kenta, believe yeah. we... I have not seen Kenta in a while, so please yeah. forgive me, fans. We do watch a lot, and, and that's always confusing when they switch Japanese names. So, yeah, um, there was hints maybe Kenta would be it, but he never seemed to really rise up. Uh, you really can't have, like, uh, Jada or Gato or any of those guys being, because they're just old and useless. So who do you go with, right? So that's I guess it makes sense, because to me it's like Evil could probably slide right into the leadership role. You that's think? What do you think? No, I'm saying that I was gonna say that's why I hate when uh, these guys join the WWE like Kenta because they go and change the person's name. I was I was afraid they would do that with Nakamura when he joined. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it's hard getting used to Japanese names anyway. Yep. I mean, how many times have me and you struggled with Takahashi and Tanahashi? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then and then GPW. There's two Takahashis. Yeah, so it, it's it's it can be really tough. So. Forgive us, forgive me, fans, for screwing up Kenta's name. But uh, what do you think, though? Do you think that Evil could fit into that role as leader of the Bullet Club, or do you do you think he's not suited for that? From what you've seen in him in the past. No, no, I, I kind of, I kind of like Evil. I think he'd uh, fit that leadership uh, role of the Bullet Club. Um, or do you think he should bother? Should he just be a Bullet Club member and champion? Uh, 
I think I could see him in both roles. It's just a member and a champion or a leader. He has that leadership quality to him. I think like, I, I always felt like with him and Sonata, he was like the, I always uh, looked at him like as kind of like the leader of that team. Right. Yeah, I got that feeling too, that Sonata kind of fell in line with evil more so than anything else. Um, so also coming out of this tournament, so we get to the end of the tournament, evil turns on all his stablemates because he ends up winning the tournament, joins the Bullet Club, lays out Naido. So it means he gets the shot the next night against Naido. Going into the next night, let's before we get to this main match, let's talk about some of the interesting things that happened. Going into this weekend, uh, Minoru Suzuki uh, pulled off of the two cards because um, sickness. No word yet if this is COVID-related, no word yet the seriousness, but serious enough to pull Suzuki out of this, which is ironic because he was scheduled to be in a tag team match uh, with, with his partner, man. It was, who was, was it Zack Sabre Jr.? It was Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, I guess I am drinking too much in this episode. Zack Sabre Jr. and, uh, and uh, Monoro Suzuki were going to get the tail shot against Abushi and Tanahashi. Okay? Um, so that, it was, you know, it kind of made you feel like, well, that kind of is a letdown. You know, they were a team that really worked their way up here. So they filled in probably Elio's favorite or second favorite wrestler in all of New Japan history with Tai Chi. Whereas, ironically, <laughs> Elio wears the same ripaway pants and little undies that she wears. And he usually on? rips them off after each episode <laughs> of, of Global. And luckily, we're not she a video. Mistaken. You don't have to see that. But So anyway, so Tai Chi ends up teaming with Zack Sabre Jr. Then lo and behold, they defeat the team of Tanahashi and uh, Abushi, and are now the new tag team champions. You gotta know, there's a part of um, Suzuki who's probably extremely pissed by this because this was his his title to win, and uh, and now he doesn't have it. So, I don't think you, I don't think you can make him any angrier than he is. Uh, you know, you always think that, and then you see him do something, and you're like, <laughs> that guy can get angry at anything. Um, so yeah. You, do, you don't think he could get angrier, but somehow I think he could get angrier. <laughs> so, yes, congratulations to the team of Tai Chi and um, Zack Sabre Jr., two guys who are probably two of the biggest douchebags you could ever find in New Japan wrestling. You know, actually, I was thinking of something. Remember, at the, towards the beginning of uh, the New Japan Cup, I was saying, you know, it, it, it would, like, uh, stranger things have happened if Tai Chi were to actually win. We have to. We have to remember. He he actually uh, laid out Naido. That is true, and let's also keep in mind that um, as much as he's been a joke, I think for the last like longest time, this last six months, at least this year on, um, Tai Chi really has been promoted as a tough guy, and uh, he did seem all of a sudden like maybe he was a legitimate concern to win a title. So. I got to say, I'm not too surprised at this win. I mean, if you told me six months ago that Tai Chi was going to be a, a tag team champion and not because only because his partner got in there, <laughs> I might not have believed you. But now, now I believe it. He, he has been presented as a legit wrestler, as a legit tougher guy, and uh, good on him. I'm, I'm curious to see. I don't like that he keeps pulling that stupid silver glove out. That stupid thing that, what was that old dude? I can't remember his name now. That old oh, I'm on. dude. Uh, oh, Azuka. Azuka, yeah. Remember he used to come out with the big glove? Yep, I actually remember that. I can't believe you remember that either. <laughs> he, he's now falling into that thing of Hanma with me. Like the guy, I wish that Hanma guy would just like retire. Man, he, he is annoying as crap. Yeah, Anyhow. Um, Tim's on as well. I don't, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess for me, I'll always hold Tenzon and what's his partner, Kojima. Well, Kojima's definitely the legit can still be in there tough guy. Yeah. Tenzon, I guess he still holds that, what would you call it, like um, sentimental? Nostalgic. Yeah. I mean, Tenzon at one time was a legitimate, yeah. really good wrestler. I mean, he's broken down and old. But, you know, some of the older guys still have merit. I mean, I don't care what people say away he looks or how old he is. I love Yuji Nagata. 
I mean, I love new, new you know, and the God is always excited when I, mean, I see it. That, that one match that you told me to go back and watch, when I went back and watched it, that was a great match. And did it give you any more respect for Nagata, or did you already have respect for Nagata? No, I know I like Nagata, but like just that match, uh, just like I saw him like different. In a you different, saw him in a more aggressive and in any way, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go back on with this tournament here. So we get into the finals, mm-hmm. and um, you know, even with the new with the Bullet Club turn, I was extremely surprised that Naito lost to uh, to Evil. I wasn't sure if I saw that coming yet. For some reason, I thought Naito was going to have a longer run. I thought we'd maybe see him have another showdown with perhaps Okada down the road. So this surprised me. How about you? How did this grab you? Did you were you at the point now where you thought, okay, Naito's got the bullet club behind him. This is his time. Did you think that? Or did you think, you know what? Maybe he's going to come close and establish himself as a as a guy, but not be there yet. What did, what did you think? No, actually, I, was, I wasn't expecting Evo to um, to win, actually. Like, so I, like, I figured, like, it might be his time, but maybe wait a bit. Yeah. Okay. But uh, when, he, when he won, he won. Yeah, that was a surprise. Okay. I can see that. Now... Here's where things are funny, and maybe it's just because we're in this COVID situation where every wrestling company doesn't have, basically they don't have access to all their wrestlers at the moment. Lots of people are quarantined in other places and whatnot. But I found it extremely funny that the first person to come out to kind of ward off evil and to get himself cemented into the next title shot was the guy that I picked to win the tournament in the first place. (laughs) He had this terrific run, stalls out, doesn't get into the finals, but he gets the next title shot, and that's Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi comes out. Um, Interesting matchup. Um, This is obviously going to be a hard-hitting affair because um, Takahashi and Naito and Evil were all in the same faction. With Evil turning on Naito, that means that he's turned on Takahashi. Takahashi took it very personally, this betrayal. And uh, and one thing I, I, you know, to make things more infuriating for Takahashi was when Evil walks away, mm-hmm. Takahashi's uh, yelling at him, and Evil treats him like he's garbage, doesn't even bother talking to him, doesn't care, dismisses him. And I was just like, okay, that actually fuels the fire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, I think, is going to make a pretty heavy-hitting affair. Um, then we look at uh, – well, let's look at our – before we uh, before we go on too further, let's talk about uh, the state of New Japan right now. Obviously, things are swirling around. You have now a new champion in uh, Naito – or, sorry, in Evil defeating Naito. Okay. That means you still have a Naito as your intercontinental champion. Uh, we didn't mention, but Shingle uh, managed to make good defense against Show. And and Elio said to me, man, that those that's like an eternal battle. These two guys, <laughs> they're going to be twenty years from now, still battling each other, and that's kind of cool because they've legitimately had great wars. There's no love lost between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shingle has been sort of the veteran who's been a dick, and Show has been the up and comer, just biting at the bit to, to show that he can beat him. Um, this has been a really good uh, series of matches. Show had started to make the wins. So uh, his momentum stopped by uh, took, uh, took, by Shingo actually turning him back and keeping his uh, Neverweight title. Now, I guess we look at uh, who's coming up as contenders. You know, we do know that um, we have uh, Taka, uh, sorry, Takahashi. We'll get that first shot at Evil. Where does that leave Naito? Who does he put his belt up against? And who's coming in the forefront? Well, I would have said Tai Chi before. However, Tai Chi has now found himself in a tag team sort of sense. And it's got to make you wonder now also, does that wake up um, Does that wake up the Gorillas of Destiny, who are the perennial tag team champions? And Bullet Club now reinvigorated with a new uh, member and champion. Uh, do we look at uh, Kenta? taking a run at Naito. That might be an interesting uh, intercontinental championship uh, matchup I'd be more than willing to see. And uh, who does that leave us 
for the tag team champions, like I said, Gorillas of Destiny, there's not a lot of great tag teams in that whole division. So that's interesting. So it's a whole new situation. This, this COVID, just like every other company, has created a lot of crazy things. Elio, anything you want to see coming out this year? Is there anyone you want to see the spotlight on? Somebody you think deserves more of a, of a, a run? Somebody who deserves something more than they've gotten in the past? Anyone you, you, you push it for? It's I know who I'm pushing for. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, like, it's been a while since we've, like, actually seen since we've seen you in Japan. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, I have to get reacquainted with all the names again. Like, and all the guys. Because a lot of them, you don't really see every, a lot mm-hmm. on TV. With all this COVID. I think, though, you're forgetting the one person that I think both of us thinks really should get a run or at least a good shot is uh, Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, actually, yeah, actually, he's a one because his match is always like, I just think his match match is always entertaining. Yeah, he always delivers, but he's never, he's like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They don't even give him very many title shots. He was a, he was a, the never champion, right? The open champion or something? Yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. as useless okay. as being uh, the European champion. Yeah. It's sort of a useless so, so I think I'd, I'd like to see him like give like a championship. So we find ourselves now uh, at a whole reboot of New Japan Wrestling. We're going to see where it goes. Exciting stuff to come. Still no talk about a G1, but I kind of doubt it. Uh, this is too tough of a tournament to, to, to have that many nights, that many events with all this going on. I'm going to make the bold prediction and say that we're not going to have a G1 tournament this year at all, in any shape or form. That's going to suck. It's going to suck. So, I, That's I, I, I love the G1. So do but, I. It's a- you know, actually, uh, I was reading something before we went on the air mm-hmm. about what happened that time. I believe it was day eight or, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The this, this uh, one wrestler returned from Mexico, Doctor uh, Watto, apparently is being called the Grandmaster, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which uh, we have our next bit, the way to the Grandmaster or something. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Uh, that that wrestler, yeah, he was like a young lion who went on an excursion, comes back as now the Grandmaster. Did you? I don't know if you caught any of his matches yet on on this thing. No, I know uh, he uh, faced uh, Doki. Yeah, I know he faced Doki on. Um, it, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm gonna not say much about this guy because the first night or the first night he 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 made an appearance definitely was laughable, okay. and not in a good way. Right. And then the second night uh, that he appeared, he seemed much more much more believable a character. So let's give him a little time. We're not gonna step on him. You know, WWE isn't. The, I mean, NJPW isn't like WWE. You know, you go out, nobody gets over the first night, then they just kill you. No, that doesn't work. They're, they're going to give him time to develop. Let's see if they can develop something out of him, okay? I mean, some, uh, I mean, let's, for, you can't forget that evil has only been evil for like three years. I mean, before that, he was a young lion touring out, you know, so. You mean he was good before then? Yeah, he was very good. He's pretty <laughs> He prayed for you, Elio, that you wouldn't drink so much and get blacked out when we have to do our quarantine episode. Now it falls on me. I have the incredibly hard job of sending the recordings in my Dropbox. I can't even figure out how to push record, let alone put it. I hate you, Elio. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, uh, New, <laughs> New Japan is uh, a whole new stuff coming up. I'm excited to see it. Let's talk about our hot topic of the week, okay. which kind of ties into this. It was in New Japan... Um, a New Japan-related topic, and the topic was this. Now that we know that Evil has won the title, is he going to be a transition uh, champion? Are they just putting it on him for a little while till they have much bigger plans for somebody like Okada or maybe even Naito again? Or is he someone that they're actually going to run with and give an actual shot to? So I'm interested in this. I'm interested in this. Now, look, I, we threw that out to you fans. Uh, lots of you fans answered, and we, we kind of see, so far it seems there's more of a leaning towards people thinking that he's going to be a transitional champion. A lot of people don't have a lot of confidence in it. What I'd like to ask, Elio, what's your opinion? Do you think Evil is just a champion that we're going to have for a little while till we move on to a bigger name? Or is this finally Evil breaking through the glass ceiling and becoming a legitimate upper-tier New Japan wrestler? 
Well, it's, uh, I, I could uh, see both. I could see him as actually like holding on to the belt, but um, also I can see him being like a transition because I'm going to, I think uh, somewhere along the, down the road, I could see like someone else like Tomohiroishi taking the belt. So what does that say in the end though? Is he transition or is he a new... I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's a transition because I think uh, yeah I think Tomohiro Ishii I can see him take the belt. All right, I'm gonna say that um, I think they're finally giving him a run with it. I think especially matching him up within uh, the Bullet Club. I mean, go look through uh, the last years of history. Every Bullet Club leader has been the champion. Okay, Kenny Omega, his best years ever in New Japan, was running with the Bullet Club as their leader. Uh, AJ Styles, his best years. What was he? He was a champion when he ran in with Bullet Club. You know, even go far as Prince Devitt. Best time when he was champion. So I'm thinking that this is a good showcase. I think they're finally going to develop a new upper star, upper crust star here. Um, I mean, they tried in Jay White. I don't know if I would have called that a success or not. But I think the Jay White experiment didn't work out as much as they want. They made him a star, but I don't think they made him a superstar on the level of Okada or Naito. But I think Evil is destined for this right now. I think he will. Um, I think we're going to see some great stuff in the next little while. He's going to take on a spate of competitors. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I th I'm going to have to say that I think uh, Evil is finally broken the glass ceiling. He's, he's going to be the next big dude within that. Well, you know what, fans? We're going to go to break here. When we come back, we're going to talk all about AEW wrestling. You know, if you have any uh, questions, concerns, uh, things you want to point out, things you want us to talk about, if you have just want to drop a line and say hi to us, Elio, tell all the people the ways they can get a hold of us here at uh, WPOV Global. So you can get a hold of us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram at Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. And as you know, fans, we are one of uh, three shows. There is WPOV Wrestling, our sister show, covered by Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano III, where they talk, I guess I shouldn't forget Miguel Cole, the three of them talk everything to do about the WWE, everything except WD, except for NXT UK, which is our, our umbrella. But other than that, they talk all the goings on within uh, the WWE. They also take a quick look every week uh, at AEW to match up uh, a competition they've been regularly ongoing with us where we all vote, which we think is the better show of the week, AEW or NXT. Uh, then you have our show here, WPOV Global, where we scour the world and cover all the things non-WWE related, including AEW, New Japan, uh, WWE, NXT UK, MLW, and just about every other big worthy thing that happens we're going to try and talk about, all right, that's non-WWE related. And our third show, which is actually a, a, a Facebook YouTube exclusive, uh, that show you can find called Quarantine every week, where you can actually tune in the... You can tune in and see us actually talk. You can see how handsome that devil of a gentleman Elio is. Hopefully he doesn't whip off his pants like Tai Chi. <laughs> oh, I have nightmares on. about that constantly. But yes, uh, we, we try to bring on wrestlers, uh, journalists, fans, all sorts of things to talk about whatever the topic is we picked this week. Now those two are found only on Facebook and YouTube. You can find them at WPOV Quarantine. However, you can find all our other shows on such places as Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and uh, iBean? No, is that what it's called? Podbean. Podbean. So I love the bean, but not the pod. Anyhow, uh, folks, we're going to take this break, and we will come back, and we're going to talk all about AEW. I guess they call it the fight for the fallen. We'll find out. Did they fall too far? We'll see. Hey, this is Jagger Lane, and you're listening to WPOV Global. And folks, we're back. Uh, don't forget to also check on uh, on prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV. Take a look at the wonderful shirts available. There's three different kinds there that are specifically made for wrestling POV coming in three different colors. But there's also a special one there, a new one for wrestling POV global. That's right. We got our own T-shirt finally uh, featuring 
our yellow logo that you see on all the shows uh, with a, a quirky little uh, legend and arrow pointing up and gentleman with an arrow pointing down. And uh, uh, you can read whatever you want into it, but it's just a fun t-shirt. And uh, I know that uh, I have one and uh, I, I ordered one as soon as it came in and it's on its way and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, Elio. Yes, sir. AEW, the fight for the fallen. The, it was a weird show, but it was a lot better than they to a fighter fest. Yeah, I gotta say that it uh, it had some ups, it had a lot of downs, it had some weird stuff. You know what? Uh, we're gonna go and order the two of us. Uh, let's start off uh, our opening match. Uh, we get Cody putting up the TNT Championship with that beautiful, gorgeous belt of his. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, putting it up against. Probably, I think probably you're the one wrestler you told me you wanted to dress up for as Halloween one year. <laughs> uh, sunny it. Kiss. <laughs> okay, uh, thoughts on this match, my friend. Uh, sunny Kiss versus, uh, and just so you know, fans, uh, Cody did retain his belt. This match was, uh, wasn't bad. It was a pretty good opening match for tonight's show. I wasn't expecting it to be uh, what it was, but it, I enjoy, enjoy this match. Mm -hmm. uh, what what stuck out in your mind about it? I'm just uh, the overall uh, match itself. There was nothing really made it stood out for me. Yeah, you know, it was a pretty good match. A few things that stood out for me. Uh, Sunny Kiss, definitely uh, great improvement, great strides from this guy from last year. Mm -hmm. um, he actually looked pretty good in here. This is almost a breakout performance yep. for me. I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed his offense, enjoyed his technique. There was even one time there where you almost went, whoa, is he going to beat Cody here? You know, that doesn't always happen in these kind of matches. Um, Cody, man, it's like he's straddling the line to be a bad guy. You know, he's always just on yeah, the Yeah, uh, actually, uh, now, now that you mentioned one thing that stood out to me was uh, it looked like he uh, – like I couldn't uh, – Went out exact, at one exact point, but it looked like he was leaning towards heelish tactics at some point during the match. Well, he, he started to look like he was getting really frustrated that everything he was trying to do with Sonny Kiss, Sonny Kiss was either just getting out of mm -hmm. or figuring a way to counter. And it seemed like that uh, Cody lost his cool here. Cody lost his cool. Um, I, uh, gee, you know, you got to wonder if Cody is on his way to a, a, a heel turn. I mean, he even went so far as to expose a turnbuckle and try that old gimmick to uh, win the match. I think it's only um, a matter of time. I think so. I think they're setting that up. Um, it'll be interesting to see what side Arn Anderson falls on. You listen to the uh, commentators, and they make it sound like Arn Anderson must be oh, so that's disappointed. That's another one. Uh, he, he, got, he, uh, he, he got in uh, Cody's face. Yeah, but it's sort of, it's sort of weird that you know, Arn Anderson was mostly a bad guy for most of his career, and all of a sudden he he'd be ticked at Cody. Just doesn't ring quite true to me. Just gonna say that. Uh, yeah, it was a good match, a good solid opener, that's for sure. Uh, next, we moved on to FTR versus the Lucha Brothers. Mm. Got some thoughts on this one, Elio? This one uh, wasn't a bad match, but uh, all the stuff at the end with the Young Bucks and. Um... And uh, FTR bringing out, I don't know, Kenny Omega bringing out beer for FTR and then they pour it over his head. And uh, mm -hmm. I just thought that like, everything just fell apart at the end. What did you think of the match itself? Uh, the match itself was, and was pretty good. I enjoyed this match. Well, it was interesting. You had like a very different, uh, a clash of uh, not only styles, mm -hmm. but I guess philosophies if you will. Um, you know, FTR uh, basically uh, very kind of having the very old school tag team mentality, you know, uh, late 70s, early 80s, sort of maybe somewhat into the 80s, have that kind of, that kind of uh, dynamic uh, yep. that you don't see much anymore. Uh, and then you have the Lucha Brothers who, let's face it, they, well, they're Lucha. I mean, they, they straddle the line between cool moves and almost unbelievable moves. Who was it? I believe it was Dax or uh, Cash Wheeler that ripped off uh, Phoenix's mask at the end? Yes. At the very end of the match, I believe it was Dax uh, ripped off of uh, 
to take the win for fans who don't understand, uh, you know, like Lucha in Lucha wrestling, the mask is such a very key, important thing. And if you're to like lose your mask, it's almost considered, uh, dis- well, not dis- it's, it's considered shocking and, and horrible, but if someone takes your mask, that's mm-hmm. very disrespectful. And uh, a lot of times, if you take a wrestler's mask off during a match in Mexico, you were disqualified. They brought that up here. Um, however, we don't have those kind of rules. You wear a mask and it comes off. Well, that's tough crap. You probably shouldn't wear a mask. Uh, it was it was a good match. Um, I, f- I felt they really had to showcase the Lucha Brothers because they haven't been around for a while. Um, FTR didn't really lose anything, but it was kind of, you know, they're making FTR kind of the tweener kind of guys. You know, they're kind of like... yeah. They, they, they do little dicky things, but they also do some stand-up. They're sort of, they're, they're, they're harker back to the old days. I mean, they're, they're tough guys who cheat a little, but they're not chicken shit heels. They're not going to run away from a fight. They're going right. to stand up and, and fight till they either fall or win, you know? Um, interesting, you know, it was kind of a weird way to get that win. It made them look also a bit heelish. Mm. Um, then you have... Um, uh, the Young Bucks coming out and returning the truck keys, which is funny because JR was blathering on uh, during this. Is like, okay, how come if we know the truck's here every day, how come the cops don't get it back? And everyone was pretty much kind of like, shut up, JR, it's a story. But JR kind of poking the bear, being a little bit of a dick. And just, just to point it out, he did make a comment, when, um, which made me laugh, where Taz was talking about how much he liked Butcher and the Blade. And saying he didn't like too many people. And JR threw in and said, Yeah, it's a real short list. And Taz says, Hey, watch out with that short stuff. It was back, back to winning weight again this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're back baking on the weekends. They have to make, <laughs> make some COVID money by cooking up some donuts or something like that. But uh, yeah, um, um, they return the keys. It seems like they're going to be fun. Kenny Omega comes out. It's obvious that that's some kind of beer cooler after last week. Mm-hmm. He brings a beer cooler in, pulls out a light beer, and offers to drink with uh, FTR, who then heal it up even more by pouring the beer over uh, Kenny's head and just about starting a fight there. So that's a kind of a weird situation. In my mind, too, it almost seemed like, I don't know, that sometimes I think they're trying to push for Kenny to be, become a bad guy. But mm-hmm. then you have too many bad guys. Very confusing if FTR yeah. is kind of a bad guy, if he's kind of a bad guy, if Adam Page is kind of a bad guy. It, 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 in my mind, it's a little bit confusing. Of who we we, we don't know what Adam Page is right now. Yeah, and next week he's fighting in a ridiculous match against, which, you know, I'll, we'll talk about at the end. Uh, so FTR pours the beer on, just about starts a fight. They walk off. Uh, overall... Like I said, good match. Uh, the Lucha Brothers pulling lots of their weird crap. Uh, FTR standing toe-to-toe doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was that bad. All right? Um, then we go on to uh, the Elite. Um, oh, okay, well, let's see. I guess I should – this part's kind of embarrassing. I almost don't want to talk about this stuff. You know, it's been embarrassing enough that Tony Khan has been twittering on about how, uh, okay, we haven't lost in the overall rating. We, you know, we've lost a bit, but we won the key demographic. And the thing is, you know what? Yes, winning that key demographic is more important than the overall numbers because mm-hmm. of revenue dollars made by advertising. Advertisers want that key audience. They're paying for that. They're not paying for all the people over the age of 35. They're not paying for all the people under 16. They're, they're targeting for that 17 to 35 category. And AEW does continue to win that. However, that being said, it seemed kind of childish that Tony Khan would come out and be like, oh, you know, and even point it out, even address it. And we talked about it amongst ourselves, you know, between us and the guys at POV. And we thought it was a little bit silly. But then to have Chris Jericho come out and explain it in the simplest of terms. (laughs) Egregious. Uh, You know, know, I like Jericho's promos, but like when he he came out, he started talking about that. I'm like, oh, here we go. This this one's not going to be one of his best ones. And calling himself the god of demo because he won the the demographic. The demo god. Uh, it shouldn't really matter, uh, but let's lay out one thing that is true, okay? The one thing that is true is uh, 
AEW has in fact is still winning this this little war with NXT because that key demographic is the important part. Um, advertising dollar is what keeps you on the television. It isn't actually, uh, and, and it does, okay, yes, a lot of fans do, but when you're targeting and wrestling is targeted, the advertisers who pay to get their advertisements on there are the ones who have the 16 or 17 to 35 year old. Um, that's who those, all those commercials are set for. They're not sending us Viagra and, uh, and Depends and Insure commercials because they're not targeting the senior crowd. And they're not having little G.I. Joy and Smurf toys either because they're not targeting the children's crowd. No, they, they showed their, they, they showed their uh, line of uh, new action figures. Right, right. But, you know, that's, that's a different thing. But, but here's the thing, folks. It doesn't matter that NXT had overall more numbers. It's the key demographic because that's what keeps you on, on the air. That's where the money comes from. That's what's a measure of success. And then we went back to 2006 because uh, Jericho got one just stumped on him. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay, we're going to get to that. Uh, so he calls out um, Orange Cassidy. And, and it's sort of funny because I'm pretty sure he, during this uh, thing, he, he slipped up and said that, uh, you know, it was a great fight of, of Orange versus Cassidy. I think he meant like. Oh no! Yeah, no, actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote that down. He said, "No, there will be no rematch between Cassidy and Orange." Yes. So obviously, <laughs> it was a slip up. He probably meant Jericho. Got a little excited there. So he comes out. He says that he's not giving. He said, "You know, Orange Cassidy may have put up a great match, and people may have liked it, and it won the demo the demo ratings, but he was never going to give Orange Cassidy another match. No, forget it. Not going to happen." Orange Cassidy walks out. And I got to admit, um, I kind of guessed where this was going, but mm. I still loved it. He comes out and he's standing there. Jericho's in the ring berating him. Uh, he puts his thumb up and then puts the thumb down. I knew something was going to, either somebody was going to run or something was going to fall. A whole bunch of orange juice comes out. <laughs> like, I mean, we're talking gallons of orange juice pour out all over Jericho in the inner circle, um, which was really funny. Jericho losing his mind because of his expensive clothes he was wearing. What the hell was going on with Ortiz? <laughs> oh my lord! All of a sudden, he Ortiz was—he was flopping around like a fish in the orchards. I don't know what happened. He turned into an absolute cartoon character. So much so that Jericho actually, at the end, turned around and said, "You idiot, cut that out!" <laughs> Even he didn't like the shenanigans. Um, and I did find it really funny when he asked for a towel. Somebody in the crowd threw him a towel, and as he's wiping himself, it's a giant picture of Orange Cassidy on the towel. That made me laugh. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, well, I would say, okay, uh, the promo itself wasn't the best at the beginning when he was talking about no. all that other stuff. But yeah, all the other crap was ridiculous. The, 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 end, the ending was fun. That was good. I liked the ending. I liked it. I liked it. I mean, we've seen that lots in WWE programs. Yeah. People getting, hey, you can go back to your childhood and remember the TV show You Can't Do That on Television, where Green Slime would yeah. come down. Every time you say, I don't words. know or something. The Green yeah, Slime. if you said, I didn't know, I think it was, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So um, <laughs> it was funny. Next, we move on to Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and uh, oh. and uh, Luchasaurus taking on the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, boy, you know what? I had some problems, actually. My cable cut off during some of this, and I missed a bit oh. of, the, of the match. Uh, no, it was just like something went down and uh, in the neighborhood. Mm. And uh, I was getting a little frustrated, but I saw you know most of the end of the match. So I can't tell you exactly. I didn't even get to see the Young Bucks wrestle in this. They kind of went out before they went in. And it basically came back on when Kenny was in there slapping guys around and doing stuff. And then finally takes out Marco stunt. Uh, then starts proceed to punch Marco in the head. Yeah, that, that, I was just thinking about that. I was just bring that up at the end. He was about, he was just started punching Marco stunt after the match. Yeah, you know, definitely a heel move. I mean, uh, so much so that the Young Bucks run in and pull Kenny off and say, hey, man, the match is over. You don't need to be doing this. And uh, Kenny kind of gave a kind of sly look at the camera saying, hey, hey, you know, whatever. And uh, so obviously lots of people on the edge of turning, but who knows? Now, now I didn't get to see a ton of this match. You want to tell me what your thoughts were watching the Young Bucks wrestle? I, I obviously didn't get to see that when my cable cut off. Okay, this one wasn't bad, but like on Jurassic Express, I kind of, I'm kind of like, Done well, not completely done with Luchasaurus, but uh, you know, like with mm -hmm. the way he's been presented in the past few weeks, 
um, it was just okay for me. wasn't the best. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of annoys me. Uh, there's still um, um, they're still showing Luchasaurus as kind of a doofus at times. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's this big guy who who just doesn't come off as a big guy. He's very big. He should be. It annoys me. He comes off as a little guy a lot. You know, sometimes you watch this and he's coming off as big as Jungle Jungle Boy is. And that shouldn't be. He's a monster and he doesn't wrestle like a monster at times. And he didn't in this match and it annoyed me extremely. Uh, Kenny was like a machine out there. Mm -hmm. he, at the end, he was like, uh, he was V-triggering everybody in the face. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, he even did the, the heelish thing when uh, he went to go V-trigger um, Marco Stunt. Luchasaurus covers over, so he runs over, gives Luchasaurus uh, the V trigger, then runs back and gives Marco one in the face for good luck. So, and during the match, they during the match they also cut to this um, bars and that they show Adam Page drinking and FTR joining him. Yeah, I want. I like I said, my cable was out and I missed that part. So yeah. good catch. But all in all, okay match with a weird ending. I'm gonna say that. Uh, next, we move on to. Uh, How's this for a weird team? Um, well, first of all, you had a, a, a quick little interview with uh, Akira Shida, who I got to say in her street clothes looks extremely small and not impressive at all. I think if they're going to do interviews, keep her, keep her dressed up. You know, mm -hmm. she just kind of gets lost in that. Um, then we have um, the Nightmare Sisters. Uh. <laughs> Allie. <laughs> Jesus, Brandy Rhodes and Allie turning, taking on the team of, um, who the hell did they face? Oh. Kenzie Page and MJ Jenkins. I'm, I like Kenzie Page. I like Kenzie Page. I do not know who MJ Jenkins MJ Jenkins, uh, she was released from WWE. She had a short stint in NXT. Hmm, okay. I don't recognize her, but... Uh, uh, I like I like uh, Kenzie, but uh, this was obviously designed as a, a bit of a squash. Mm -hmm. um, weird, weird things in this match. Uh, kind of weird uh, interplays between uh, between um, Allie and Brandy Rhodes. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, really. They, 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 don't, they don't like each other or something. They're playing, you know, yeah, like, they yeah. don't like each other. And then you get the idea through that Dustin, who's out there coaching them, doesn't really like Allie very much. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of strange. I don't know why they do that kind of thing. I mean, if these guys are going to be team, make them team a bit more. I, I don't can, know. And you can tell towards the end that Dustin raises Brandy's arm, then uh, is looking at Allie, and she's uh, waiting for him to raise her arm as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> she is obviously looking down, doing the heel, kind of tapping her wrist like, hey. Yeah. What about me sort of deal? And Dustin kind of like, oh, okay. You know? Um, <laughs> gee, I'm in a women's division that's this week. This is a bad tag team. <laughs> They're not adding anything to this. Um, I, I think maybe it's time we see Allie go out on her own. She's a good wrestler. I don't think she needs to be. And let's face it, Brandy Rhodes, attractive lady, a good. She's not a very good wrestler. I mean, she has one or two no. good moves, but. She's basically a pretty poor wrestler, so was not digging this at all. Uh, don't know where they're going with it. Um, then, oh, brother, oh, brother. We texted this uh, amongst ourselves as we're all watching it in other parts of the country here. Nyla Rose coming out to introduce her manager, uh. Vicky <laughs> Guerrero. Now, I have a question. Yes. Her, uh, her entrance theme says, excuse me. And she even said, excuse me. I'm like, wait, uh, I, I thought that was like a uh, trademark or something. Or did... I, I doubt if you can trademark the, the phrase, excuse me. Right. No, <laughs> I I'm no I, I know that, but I'm saying, yeah. I, I wonder if, I don't think WB knows that. Ah, I don't know. But it, it, was, they, it was. They seem to like to own everything. Yeah, they try. I don't think certain words like an apology you can't really. You know. But, uh, what did you think? How did that feel to you? Did this no, was it, no, was it no. exciting? This was terrible. Yeah, this was a lead. This was a lead <laughs> balloon, people. Not we, we, I swear, when Nyla Rose came out, she was like, "So you were all waiting for an announcement? Well, I'm not going to tell you my announcement." I'm like, "Oh, great! Yeah. We have to wait another week." Oh, I got extremely pissed when she said that. I was just like, "No, <laughs> the, I do the, not want to wait." And then week. she follows up with, "I'm going to let this person tell you themselves." And then when I saw who it was, I'm like, "Oh." Uh, yeah. 
I was not happy about that. I'm going to say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad uh, it's over, but not really giving two craps. And I don't really care to see um, Vicky Guerrero on my screen lately. No. It's annoying. I think we've all been there before. So, yeah, not happy with that. Um, then we get to the main event. And we have John Moxley, the AEW champion, putting his belt up against, are you ready for this? The FTW world champion. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can't even say that with straight face. Uh, Taz and his crappy ass fake title. From I the hate his Every time he cuts from we, he feels like he can swear in every, all of his promos lately. Uh, I don't like his promos. He just no. seems annoying. I, I don't really care. I don't really care. This is why your verbal diarrhea is in the book. And um, you know what? We had uh, we had this match. We see uh, now. You know what? I, I know Tony from Wrestling POV said, "Oh man, you know they buried Brian Cage." Mm -hmm. I'm not so sure if they really buried him. Um, you know, like uh, Moxley takes the win here. Uh, does it uh, after the referee has to stop the match because Taz throw you know uh, throws in uh, the towel because. He has um, Moxley has Cage wrapped up in some kind of thing where he's going to damage his elbow or his shoulder or whatever was his last injury. Yeah. And so, so um, you know, Taz stops the match. Uh, but I don't think it really hurt Brian Cage because I feel that it was it made a lot of logical sense. I mean, even the announcers were saying, you know, he just spent five months rehabbing this to come back. You know, if it's injured again, it's another five months. It means he's going to spend all this time on the shelf. You know, Taz realized, okay, he's in a position. He's not going to get out of this. Uh, let's retreat, go back another day. Usually Taz is a moron, but I'm going to give him uh, props for figuring this one out. So, yeah, okay. But I've got to say, John Moxley's matches are hit or miss with me. Unfortunately, this one was kind of a miss. Yeah, this was a miss. I didn't it was really kind of boring. enjoy this one. No, I, I did not either. Um, and God, I kept hoping that Brian Cage would not win the title. Mm. Um, too soon. Too much Taz. I don't want to be a part of it. Yep. You know? uh, in the end, Moxley uh, winning in a half-ass kind of thing. And that brought the end of uh, Fighter Fest. Uh, sorry, I guess I was going to say Fighter Fest. But brought the end of Fight for the Fallen. Uh, I think if I had to give this a number grade, I'm going to give it like a 60, 60%. It wasn't horrible. It was just over a half good show, but I felt there was lots of things that really fell flat without being extremely terrible. Yeah, I was, uh, I was uh, thinking the same 60%. 60%. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to say could have been better, uh, but – that puts in uh, the end of the whole Fighter Fest weekend, or, or what, which would have been a weekend, because usually they would have had Fighter Fest and then Fight for the Fallen right after mm -hmm. it. And um, we got what we got. So overall, uh, I'm curious now to watch uh, NXT to see how they did over there. Um, like I said, this was much better than last week, but still did not capture any of the excitement of fun of night one of Fighter Fest. So 60%. That means a half-ass, whatever. Uh, anything you want to throw going forward, Elio? Uh, no, I was just uh, looking up uh, some of the matches for next week. Yeah, yeah. But let's go over those. Let's talk about next week's really quickly. Okay. Tell me what you got. Well, we're going to see two new, uh, two new additions to the women's division. We're uh, and uh, Diamante. Okay, excited for Ivelisse. We've seen her before. Yep. Uh, we've seen her... Um, where have we seen her before? I mean, she has been in AEW before, but I yeah, she's no, been she's been in NXT. NXT. Mm -hmm. She was in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Maybe she did some stuff in Impact. I can't remember, but um, it's good to see her. I don't know who the other girl is. Do you recognize the other girl? Diamante. I've only seen her on um, Dark. Dark. Yeah. Okay. Well, this will be an interesting debut. Uh, I'm glad. You know, Eva is somebody who can really. Um, she can really make a difference. So I really hope that they use her properly, you know? Oh, um, Paige is going to be in a, a useless match against five of the Dark Order. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, I was hoping you were going to bring this up. It's bad enough that Paige doesn't have anything right now to do with the, inner, with the, uh, with the elite. He left... Uh, he left um, Kenny hanging out there with his dick in the wind after this week. Um, 
So who does he fight next week? Why? Why is he <laughs> bothering with the new or with the, with the Dark Order? Right. I mean, is this going to start like them having to do a program with the Dark Order? Because I really hope not. I don't think any team in the in the Dark Order has proven themselves to be worthy of of a, a title shot. So I think it's just a waste of everybody's time. So I'm not not liking that match. And uh, for God's sakes, Paige had better win that match. <laughs> Uh, Who else we got? The Young Bucks have the butcher and the blade in the false count anywhere match. Could be exciting. Could be interesting. Holy crap! If Butcher and the Blade could actually win, maybe they could get some heat back. You know, Uh, they're the perpetual kind of losers of the bad guys these days. Then we have more Jurassic. Then we have more Jurassic Express taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Interesting. Interesting matchup. Another reason makes you go, uh, okay. We know that Chris Jericho has a lot of hate towards Jungle Boy. Um, I don't think he's really mixed it up with Luchasaurus very much. So I think Jake Hager is basically there to kind of counter uh, Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Stunt, of course, well, as long as you had a, like a stool, you could probably, you know, counter that little twerp. But uh, and then uh, have, let's yeah. just say I'm not really caring all this much for this match, but it could be okay. Then we have MGF's going to be in action and then uh, Cody's uh, open challenge. Interesting. It could be worse. And uh, Cody's on quite the pace. I mean, as you know, he's only won that belt a couple weeks ago, and he's already had a sixth defense of it. Mm-hmm. So he is keeping. Uh, he's going to defend it weekly thing. So you know what? Good. Good on him. It'll be interesting. Uh, all in all, I got to say, um, this was an okay. There was a. Well, first of all, AEW's got a hell of a bunch of great tag teams. I mean, that's pretty obvious. I mean, we didn't even see like two or three of the major teams, and we saw a whack of teams today. So there's that. The women's division, uh, I like the thought of Ivelisse coming in. Maybe that'll uh, uh, jack some stuff up. Um, Not digging Nyla Rose, never have, never probably will. Um, Even more now. (laughs) Even more so now. She's going to be even more ridiculous and annoying, which means they're going to have her at the the top of things now now that they've attached Guerrero with her. You know, you know they got to put that out there, right? Um, In the end, I'm going to have to say that uh, if the Moxley match had been better, it could have maybe saved this and made it much more exciting. But it started off hot, had Mm -hmm. a good middle and kind of a fizzly ending and some weird garbage in the middle. So, like we said, 60 isn't the best mark, but it's not terrible either. So, all right. Well, fans, that was our look at AEW this week. Um, check it out. It's still going out there good. You know, Tony made a comment that it uh, doesn't seem like anyone's really social distancing anymore in the crowds there, which does seem to be the case. Um, remember, we're still in this COVID thing, and uh, it's, uh, it's still out there, and people are still getting sick, especially especially in the state of Florida where all this wrestling is being taped. You'd think maybe they should take some time off, but it doesn't look like anyone's going to do that. So uh, let's hope everybody wrestles in good health and nobody gets sick over something ridiculous like this. But uh, we just want to say wrestling fans, we've had a really uh, good week, uh, good week of wrestling. It was good to talk on today's episode. Uh, Keep in mind, we will not be here uh, next week. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on vacation and uh, we will not be running global next week. Elio, you'll be appearing, I believe, in one of the two weeks, or maybe even both, of uh, WPOV Wrestling. But we will be back the following week. Uh, I guess that's the week of the 27th, 28th. We'll be back that week. Um, and we'll hopefully have some more New Japan to talk about, hopefully some cooler AEW stuff. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for tuning in. And remember, we love each and every one of you, and uh, we look forward to the, just this chance to be able to talk. And boy, do we love it when you guys write in and send suggestions. It, it, it's uh, it's kind of gratifying, kind of um, makes us perk up. And I'm kind of working on an idea right now, Elio. Oh. This, is my, this is my idea, okay? Uh, I have two challenges I want to send out to people. Okay? okay. The first challenge is this. To enter the great legend challenge of WPOV Global, First of all, you must purchase a WPOV Global t-shirt. You then must wear said t-shirt, take a picture of it, and tell us why you love WPOV Global and how much that shirt means to you, okay? I'm going to run this for a couple months. We're going to take this in. When we get all the people who send these things in, I'm going to mix them all up, and I'm going to try and find it, the one who has the coolest thing they've said. And if it's, if it's all too cool, I'll just put them all together, 
put them in a thing, we'll pick that person out. If I pick out your, your picture, all right, for this global thing, what I'm going to do is offer you a chance to sit in on an episode of WPOV Quarantine with us, to be a guest with the wrestlers and the journalists as we sit around and talk about a topic that you would like to hear. So that's all you got to do is uh, you get one of those. Um, all you got to do is get one of our, our fabulous uh, WPOV Global t-shirts. You know where to get them. We said before, it's a pro wrestling tees backslash WPOV wrestling. Uh, take a picture of it, wearing it. Tell us why you love the show. And uh, down the road when we get a couple entries, we are going to pull that out, pull out one of those entries, and we're going to invite that person to do an episode of WPOV Quarantine with us. All right? And... Uh, who knows, down the road, we're also maybe looking at a chance to maybe having somebody sit in with me and Elio one time. If you really want to sit in on a WPOV global episode, send us a letter. Tell us why. Tell us why you want to be on this, uh, this show with us. And you know what? We'll do an episode. We'll invite you to sit through an AEW uh, roundup with us. So that means that's half the show where we'll sit and we'll get to know you a bit and talk. And I'll tell you this. The quickest and the best way to do this is not only do you uh, write in and tell us, but maybe even take buy one of the T-shirts, the global T-shirts, take a picture, send it in, attach that, tell us what you're entering for, and uh, it'll be you know it's your chance to get on the show and talk some wrestling with me and Elio, and, and it'll be fun. So fans, we love you all. We want to tell you that uh, we're we're praying and hoping that this uh, Corona thing ends soon, that we can get back to normal business, and that life just you know. We've all wanted a break, but I think it's been a little bit ridiculous that the break has been this long. <laughs> right. so, um, yeah, no kidding, eh? Uh, we love you all. want to wish you guys a great night. And uh, Elio, say goodnight to the good people. All right, fans, stay safe, and we'll talk to you all in two weeks.